This is Steve Thompson, and today we're catching up with Jesus and his disciples in Luke chapter 22. The festival of unleavened bread, which is also called Passover, was approaching. The leading priests and teachers of religious law were plotting how to kill Jesus, but they were afraid of the people's reaction. Then Satan entered into Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve disciples, and he went to the leading priests and captains of the temple guard to discuss the best way to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted, and they promised to give him money. So he agreed and began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus, so that they could arrest him when the crowds weren't around. Now the festival of unleavened bread arrived when the Passover lamb is sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, Go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. Where do you want us to prepare it? they asked him. He replied, As soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. They went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to, meet, to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, Take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, in agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. But here at this table, sitting among us as a friend, is the man who will betray me. For it has been determined that the Son of Man must die. But what sorrow awaits the one who betrays him? The disciples began to ask each other which of them would ever do such a thing. Then they began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. Jesus told them, In this world the kings and great men lord it over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, for I am among you as one who serves. You have stayed with me in my time of trial, and just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail, so when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. 
But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you out to preach the good news, and you did not have money or traveler's bag or an extra pair of sandals, did you need anything? No, they replied. But now, he said, take your money and a traveler's bag, and if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. For the time has come for this prophecy about me to be fulfilled. He was counted among the rebels. Yes, everything written about me by the prophets will come true. Look, Lord, they replied, we have two swords among us. That's enough, he said. I love wrapping up on such an enigmatic little exchange with Jesus. So let me just jump on that last portion right away. When Jesus instructs them to sell their cloak and buy a sword, he's not calling them here to revolutionary action like the zealots. That fact that they had two swords with them indicated that that's what they were already amped up for. That's what they were thinking. But Jesus is more than likely making a different point, that his followers need to be ready for opposition. And he was making a symbolic point, which, of course, the disciples missed, because none of this puzzle came together for them until after Jesus' resurrection which is also what makes this passage so rich and yet infuriating at the same time. We have some of the most meaningful things Jesus would do and say just steeped with, with theological significance, and yet they missed it. He was with his closest friends and followers, but he was completely alone, and soon he'd be literally all alone because they would all ba- abandon him. And that leads me to this crazy paradox that we see in this passage. It brings to my mind a team. Like, let's say they're playing in the championship game of the NCAA Finals. We're talking college basketball tournament here, since we're right in the throes uh, of March Madness, as it so happens. And let's say the head coach is preparing his team for the final matchup. He has just finished outlining the game plan that they're going to have to execute flawlessly if they have the slightest hope of winning. And as soon as he stops talking, the entire team starts arguing about who's the best player. He stops them, corrects them, and tries again, this time talking about the teamwork that got them there. And then he calls on the captain, and he says that it's his chance to lead but that this was going to be one of his toughest games and the hardest arena to pull this together. The captain, of course, shrugs it off. So Coach ramps it up by predicting that the captain's actually going to be in foul trouble before even the half is over. The coach tries one more motivational tack by saying that he'll more than likely actually be thrown out of this game on a technical, and they're going to be left on the court by themselves trying to scratch together this win. And then a couple of players pipe up and say, no way, coach, if you get ejected from the game, we're all going to start throwing punches and we're going to go down with you. Ugh, that's enough, Jesus says. You can just hear Jesus getting exhausted with these morons. And yet, that's where the grace is so amazingly striking 
right there in the middle of all the nonsense. Jesus says, You have stayed with me in my time of trial, and just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. He hands them the keys to his kingdom. He knows they'll get it after this, after what he does, what he has to do. They'll eventually get it. And so he hands them his kingdom. He gives us also the kingdom. And he puts in our fumbling hands the keys to the car, knowing full well that we're a bunch of reckless, hormonal, insecure teenagers. But he's not worried. He's determined to work through us, even in our weakness. And that is so humbling. And yet, such a weight lifted off, knowing that God trusts us because he's given us his spirit to guide us and direct us and to lead us into his kingdom and invite others in with them with us father god it blows our minds to think of your grace all around our wreck and our mess and every way we don't understand and we miss the point and we mess up even when we know what's right you're still offering us the kingdom and determined to see the kingdom move through us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that opportunity today. We just sit humbled in your presence, asking that somehow the cross and a crucified Lord can be seen in us. We ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen.